Hi, and welcome to the Therapy in a Nutshell podcast. I'm Emma McAdam, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and it's my mission to create easy to understand educational content about therapeutic skills and topics that anyone can use in their daily life. Stay tuned till the end of the video to learn more about my mental health courses, discounts, and other news related to Therapy in a Nutshell. I hope you enjoy the episode. Each podcast episode comes from a corresponding video you can find on the Therapy in a Nutshell YouTube channel. Also, these podcasts are educational and don't replace the advice or direction you may be receiving from a therapist or other health professional. All right, let's jump in. In this video, I'm going to teach you an important skill to be less emotionally reactive. This last year, my family needed to buy a house. We were living in 1500 square feet with six people and we were trying to work from home and it was just too loud and tight. So we looked at homes for over a year. We carefully saved up and considered our budget and we finally found a home that was perfect for us. So we put in an offer, but the market was really high and mortgage rates were really high. And even though we knew that we could afford it, after we went under contract, I felt so scared that I was almost sick to my stomach with anxiety. And it would have been really easy for me to think, this anxiety means that we're making the wrong choice. This anxiety is a sign that we shouldn't move forward. Or if I feel this way, it must mean that we need to back out of the contract. But I knew this would happen, that I would feel this way before we went under contract, before we submitted our offer. I told my realtor, you need to text me every day until we close. Send me a text saying, this is an investment, not just an expenditure, because I hate spending money on myself. And because I know myself, I know that I'm going to feel emotions very deeply. And sometimes I feel anxiety and it means nothing. Sometimes I feel panicky and it means nothing. Sometimes I worry about a ton of stuff and it means nothing. But if I were using emotional reasoning, I would have said, because I feel anxious, this is a sign that we made the wrong decision. And I probably would have backed out of the contract and then we wouldn't have gotten a new house, which by the way, we did buy and it has been wonderful. So emotions, lie to you all the time, but they feel so real. They are very powerful motivators, but they aren't always accurate. In this video, you'll learn how to be less emotionally reactive by learning to combat emotional reasoning. You'll learn four ways to slow yourself down in an intense moment and three steps to combating emotional reasoning. We'll also talk for a minute about the difference between emotions and intuition. Okay, so what's emotional reasoning? Emotional reasoning is a cognitive distortion where you believe that something is true simply because it feels true. You use emotions as your evidence instead of logic or, you know, evidence. Emotional reasoning sounds like, if I'm mad, it means someone did something hurtful. If I feel anxious, it means this must be dangerous, so I must avoid it. If I feel disappointed, the restaurant did a bad job. It's someone else's fault or I feel lucky, so I'm gonna go gambling because I'll probably win. Or I feel uncertain in this social setting, so I'm probably an awkward person. Or I feel depressed, so my life must be pointless. If it feels good, I must, it must be okay to do. If I feel resentful, it's because the other person isn't taking care of me. If I feel offended, then they must have been offensive. If I feel anxious about this relationship, it's a sign that we should break up. 
So I, I see this one all the time in the comments sections. If you feel anxious about whether the relationship is going to work out, it's a sign, break up. But I like, I just gotta say, like, I hate to break it to you, but there's a difference between anxiety because you're in danger or something's wrong and anxiety because you're afraid of being hurt. Heartbreak, right? You have to take risks if you wanna find love. Okay, so off of that side tangent, sorry. Emotions are big, loud chemical releases in your brain and body that are fast and imprecise. If I hear a rattling in the rocks near my feet, I'm gonna jump first and check to see if it's a rattlesnake later. Emotions are like a smoke alarm. It's better if they're loud and too reactive, just in case there's a fire, than being quiet and slow and very accurate, right? Emotions serve a function to keep us alive. Even though emotions are so strong and so personal and, and they feel so real, emotions just are frequently inaccurate. Emotions also impact our attention. They make us pay more attention to similar things. So if I'm feeling sad, I'm gonna pay more attention to sad things. If I'm feeling anxious, I'll pay more attention to frightening news stories. And this makes it difficult to tell the difference between feelings and reality. But when we fuse a feeling with a belief, like, oh, if I feel it, it means something, that's emotional reasoning. And it often leads to poor decisions. Now. In DBT, they describe the different parts of us as emotional mind, rational mind, which is logical, but can sometimes be too cold, rigid, or serious, and wise mind. That's the part of yourself that considers all the factors and makes a good and balanced decision. Okay, so emotions are often inaccurate and they're big and loud, but what about intuition? What about our gut feeling? Should we just ignore that? I think, I think we all have deep wisdom gained by experience that shows up as intuition. And we can't quite explain a reason or logic behind a decision, but we have a deep sense that something is wrong or something else is right. Now, while your intuition comes from subconscious knowledge, intuition is different from feelings. And here's how I would describe the difference. I would say intuition comes with a quiet sense of confidence, um, a discerning between light and darkness, and a drive toward action. So like, oh, I feel like I know what I should do to make this situation better. On the other hand, emotions are rash, loud, sloppy, and impulsive. Um, intuition may urge you to move quickly, but it's with certainty and skill instead of like flustering and brashness. So even if I'm in danger and I feel a little twinge of fear, intuition is going to lead me to decisive action to escape that danger. Whereas an emotion like anxiety might make me shaky, confused, or impulsive. And I do think this is like a complicated thing, right? It takes careful retrospection and experience and careful considering to learn to tell the difference between emotions and intuition. But regardless, if you want to be less emotionally reactive, you've got to learn to slow things down slow it down. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. And in that space lies our freedom. So when you feel a big feeling coming on, do everything you can to pause. Shut your mouth. Like, hold on for a second. Take a breath. Count to five. Count to ten before saying something. There's another thing that I've heard people say, which is halt. Never make a big decision when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, right? This is when we're more emotional, less logical. And I, I get it, right? Slowing yourself down, like, it's harder than it sounds. 
But these are skills that you can practice. Uh, you, can, you can develop the ability to slow yourself down and be less emotionally reactive. Uh, so that's the first step. The next thing you could consider is opposite action. So if you know yourself well, um, if, if you know that you have a tendency toward anger, for example, if you feel like yelling, instead do an opposite action, talk very softly. If you, if you feel like avoiding something, stay where you are or approach it. Do the opposite action instead of acting on your emotional reasoning. So for instance, if you feel afraid, don't avoid the thing that scares you, approach it instead. So taking opposite action is one of the best ways to change your thoughts and feelings. Um, so if for example, you think everything feels so pointless or I wanna stay in bed, and then, and then you just tell yourself, I'm gonna take the opposite action and get on with my day anyway. Like, what's gonna happen? You might have some positive experiences. You might get some things done. You might feel a little bit of energy. Your anxiety might decrease because you're channeling all that cortisol and adrenaline into action. So taking opposite action can be really helpful if you know that you have a tendency toward emotional reasoning and emotional reactivity. Okay, third thing is to get good at predicting your emotional triggers. So explore your triggers so that you can make a plan for how to handle them. Uh, first responders manage big stressful events by training and practicing and having acronyms and checklists to go through during a stressful time. And you can do the same thing. So if you, if you know that like you have a tendency to blow up at family gatherings, then it might be a good idea to have an action plan to have your spouse like give you a signal when you're getting a little too heated. And then um, you, your plan is, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. And then after you go to the bathroom, I'm gonna go for a walk around the block. And then you can come back to the situation or something like that. There's another important skill if you do have a tendency toward being emotionally reactive. So if you do have a blow up or you get really emotionally reactive, afterwards, take the time to analyze that experience, write down what happened, and then write down how you would handle it differently next time. This lays down neural pathways that can help you respond differently next time. So slowing things down can help you be less emotionally reactive. Okay, so all of these things are basically kind of stop gaps to help stop the emotionally reactive behavior. Now let's talk about the antidote to emotional reasoning, which is emotion processing. One of my favorite things. <laughs> so one of the most powerful ways to combat emotional reasoning is to just start noticing yourself doing it. Um, if we go back to the emotion processing chart, um, we start with, oh, observe. We notice our feelings without believing them or resisting them. And then we use willingness. So here's your mantra. Just because I feel it doesn't mean it's true. I can allow that feeling to be there without having to do anything with it. Um, e, explore, is um, look for alternatives. Look for logic. You could ask, what other evidence is there? Are there any other ways to see that situation? Are there any facts that dispute my beliefs? Um, for, so for example, if you, you have a thought like, oh, I feel like something bad is going to happen. And then you counteract that with a thought like, eh, reality is I'm in a safe place with people who love me. I'm not in danger. Okay, so that's exploring. And usually with exploring and emotional reactivity, you're looking for alternate evidence. So if I feel like everyone's being mean to me, I would look for examples of people who were all like nice to me. Um, if I feel like everything is awful, I'd look for like something to be grateful for. And that's why 
those kind of behaviors can be so helpful. They combat that emotional reasoning. Okay, then we're on to C, choose, clarify, and then A, which is act. So we're choosing to act based on our values. So you make a choice based on what is most important to you instead of acting rashly on your emotions. When it comes to anxiety, people with anxiety often believe that if they feel anxious, it means that whatever is making them anxious is bad or dangerous and that they need to avoid it. All of that stuff, that anxious feeling and the belief, oh, I feel anxious, this must be dangerous, that's all fused together. To be less reactive, you have to be able to say, I feel anxious, but this feeling doesn't necessarily mean something. So we observe our anxiety. Oh, I notice I'm feeling anxious about buying this house. Is this a sign that we shouldn't do it? And then we explore the facts. Can we afford it? Yes. Is there any reason to believe that the markets will improve if I wait? Not really. Um, in the long run, what's best for my family, right? This is what I value. Uh, for my family, it's probably best if we buy the house and normalizing these feelings. Oh, it's normal to feel some anxiety when making big decisions. I'm gonna choose to move forward, even with this feeling of anxiety. Let's look at anger for a second. Anger is another hot and fast emotion that shoots first and asks questions later. When we feel angry, it's easy to believe that we're being attacked, maligned, or mistreated. We use anger as the reasoning for why we need to act out. Sometimes anger falsely convinces us that it's someone else's fault and we have no responsibility in this situation. Let's use an example of someone we'll call Alex. Uh, Alex says, I feel so angry every time I think about my coworker, Sarah, getting the promotion instead of me. It just proves that she's manipulative and that the bosses favor her over me. Jordan says, have you considered that maybe she was promoted based on her qualifications or accomplishments? It doesn't necessarily mean that she's manipulative or that the bosses favored her. No, I just know it. I feel so angry and betrayed when I think about it. So there must be something unfair going on. My feelings wouldn't lie, right? In this example, Alex is using emotional reasoning by assuming that because they feel anger and betrayal, it means there's an inherent unfairness or manipulation involved in Sarah's promotion. They're letting their emotions dictate their perception of reality rather than evaluating the situation objectively. So first observe. Alex would say, ooh, I feel really angry right now. I'm upset that I didn't get that promotion. I'm noticing that I'm thinking it's unfair and I'm having thoughts like, Sarah is manipulative. <laughs> Second, explore. Are these beliefs true? Is there any other evidence out there? Hmm, well, I have been showing up late to work a lot lately and I didn't finish that last project on time. Maybe she was promoted because she did finish her project on time. Third, what would be helpful? What actions do I value? Well, I'd like to get promoted. So maybe I could talk with the boss about what I could do to perform better and I can put more effort into being on time. Also, if I really do believe that the boss is unfair, being really angry probably won't make me happier. Maybe I need to get a new job or some new skills so that I can get a new job. So in this situation, emotional reasoning made Alex feel helpless and angry, but when they processed their emotions, they got some ideas of helpful actions they could take. If we wanna have the freedom to live the life we value, if we wanna be intentional and have the power to choose our path of happiness, we need to be able to in incorporate these 
three different sources of information, our emotions, our logic, and our experience, and then slow ourselves down enough to see things clearly. Then when we know what we really care about, we can make choices to line our life up with our values. This is emotional intelligence. It's the ability to separate our choices from our thoughts and our feelings. Okay, I hope this was helpful. Thank you so much for watching and take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found something you can add to your daily routine that makes your life a little bit better. If you want to learn more about topics like how to process tough emotions, how to change your brain, how to build better relationships, or support someone you know with a mental illness, then check out my classes at therapyinanutshell.com. And if you feel like these podcasts have been a benefit to you, please leave a rating so others can more easily find this content. Thank you so much and have a great day.